Hey, Job. Hey, again. So as we're recording this, the date is March 5th, 2019. Yes. So, 10 years ago, guess what game came out? Hmm. Resident Evil 5. Oh. It's the 10-year oh. anniversary, Jusby. Oh. Remember all the hits. Oh. Punch a boulder. Uh-huh. Seven minutes. Uh-huh. Complete global saturation. Uh-huh. Quick time events. Uh-huh. Your partner uses all your healing items. Uh-huh. Chris eats eggs to <laughs> have large amounts of protein so he can punch stuff real good. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh... Uh, everything else you remember from Resident Evil 5. What do you remember from Resident Evil 5, Jusby? Moderately disliking it. Just moderately? Yeah, I didn't hate it at the time. I don't think I hate that game. It's no, just kind of like really. a misstep in terms of like what to do with the capabilities of Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I don't hate it either. Uh, I think it's just uh yeah, it's just got a lot of a uh, lot of issues. I had a lot of fun playing that co-op with your brother. I don't hate it. Uh I I think in terms of uh building upon third-person action games, it's kind of important in a lot of ways. What's that? Well, I mean, like, just in terms of furthering the genre down the road, there's a lot of games coming out that can get equal uh, blame or praise for this. Things like Uncharted, of course. I think Probably uh, more so Uncharted, but this shows that you can do that in a multiplayer setting, which is nice. And... I'm glad they did that, but it's also not Resident Evil. No, not even as close. The, as in that regard. <laughs> I, I don't know if Resident Evil should uh, be co-op. I feel like it works better when it's just like, you're in a spooky mansion and you're by yourself. And, you know, every now and then there's a cutscene with, like, nine other people with sunglasses in it. But, like, <laughs> for the for the moment, for, like, most of the game, it's just you. Walking around. Ah, oh, fuck, there's a bunch of zombies. Look out. Yeah, and, I would and agree. I feel like that's a better game than, like, you're constantly with someone else, so you never feel really uneased. Uneasy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. But I didn't find... That was my biggest problem with both Resident Evil 5, 6, and sort of with Revelations okay. on the 3DS, because... That's co-op as well. I think that's the best game of the three. It is. But yes. if I had to say which one I enjoyed the most, you're not going to like the answer. Resident Evil 6. Yeah. Because it's so stupid, it's funny. Yes. Uh, I enjoy it the same way one enjoys laughing at, like, The Room. Because it's, like, just asinine. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I think the bare bones of that game are fine. Uh... It's just the amount of crap that you do and the things that they make you do or not do that kind of define that game. Because, like, the core controls are fine, but then they don't do anything interesting with them. They just make you go through four eight-hour campaigns, <laughs> and, it, and it takes forever. And then there's just QTEs out the ass. Oh, man. Uh, very similar with five. Uh, but five is maybe a little more polished just in terms of like the overall direction that it took, which was just let's make resident evil Four co-op. And it stuck with that. But despite all that, it's memorable. And also Wesker memes. Oh yeah. That's the best part. Yeah, really? I, I would say so. 
And Chris punching a boulder. That that's probably the like the defining legacy of that game is just that random boulder punch. If that wasn't in the game, would people talk about it? Yeah, because the meme would just be either Shiva using all your healing items, or that is a meme. complete global saturation, or Quaff! It'd be either one. Yeah, or that annoying guy who's just like, I'm just a legitimate businessman! <laughs> like, oh yeah, that whatever. guy! Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. And then he becomes a giant fucking megalodon or some bullshit. <laughs> oh, no. Man, it is crazy, Chris! <laughs> I'm a fucking giant megalodon! You'll never defeat the Ouroboros. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Gen and Jump Show. That's Gen. I disagree. I'm Job, and I also disagree. Oh, so you're Gan, and I'm Job. Uh, I mean, someday. Opposite day. That day's not today. I can't oh my wait God. for the opposite day episode where I just go, I just open the show up and like, you know, hey, hey, Gan. Yeah, yeah, Job. Hey, how big my dick? <laughs> hey, ba 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 ba. I can answer that question. Anyway, let me let me let me uh. Oh, God, my dog's making noise. I gotta go let it out and hit a fucking sick vape. I'll be right back. That was my impression of you. Sorry. <laughs> Just hit a sick vape, dude. Vape, dude. Vape, dude. Vape, bro. All right, Ken, what are you playing? Just Co-Veronica again? Yeah, I'm probably going to talk about stuff I've been watching as opposed to what I've been playing. Because, yeah, it's just the same. I'd rather just wait until I beat the game to really give my more thoughts on that game. Uh, All right, well, uh, so, but you were playing anything. Let's still go with that first. Yeah, uh, I'm, that's something I picked back up on, actually. I uh, re-downloaded and continue playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Cowboys! Yeah, I, God, I love that game. It's so good. I gotta start it one of these years, and, and I mean that literally because it might be years until I get to that game because it's like, it's quite a commitment to start that game. Yeah, it is. I. It's like starting a new TV show to watch. It really is. Because it's going to take a lot of time out of my life. Like, like I've been... It plays out like the entire series of a like HBO <laughs> cowboy show. Yeah, basically, it is the entire series of a cowboy show if you count like Red Dead One, Two. Yeah, I guess technically, I, I, I would say so. The little bit I know about the story, it would probably work that way. It'd be a little disjointed, but I mean, like whatever. Some shows I think I feel like Red Dead Redemption One kind of plays out like a movie. Yeah, well, because it's more self-contained. Right, and then Red Dead Redemption Two plays out like a show. And each, like, each chapter of the game, like, encompasses a season of that show. And it really feels like it. The way the way the pacing is really feels like it. It's, it's like a... they really tried to drive that home. <laughs> so so Red Dead Redemption 1 could be, like, the Deadwood movie that's coming out. Right. There you go. That's it. Wrap it all up. Hear, nice hear, hear the gang say fuck again. I don't know what Deadwood's about other than that. So Probably let's. Cowboys. I'm trying to think about what I can say that's not really spoilery at all. No, no, I'm trying to get Dutch more money because he's got a big old plan. And uh, yeah, that's the <laughs> that's one of the key things I know about that. No game. No matter where you go, man, that's it. Every every story mission that it gave is Dutch going like, "We gotta pull one last job, Arthur." <laughs> and then you just go like tip a cow over or something, <laughs> and Dutch is like, <laughs> Dutch is like, "Damn it, Arthur." <laughs> 
That wasn't enough cow tipping for us to live on. We gotta tip more cows or something like that. I don't know. That's basically it, man. You hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. So I'm like, probably missing several details, but like that's the bare bones here. Yeah, so I, I got a I got a new horse. I stole it. And uh oh, so good job. And what did you name this one? Because you named the other one something funny. Um yeah, so I, I left my uh I left my 1899 Honda Civic mm-hmm. at at the barn, right? Aww. Retiring it, covering it up, and now I am uh, riding around on a 1900 Pontiac GTO. Fuck yeah, dude! It's a great horse. <laughs> great horse. <laughs> you a lot of sell power that on Civic that one. for parts. Um, to the glue factory. <laughs> now there are these guys that, that this is like open world stuff. There are these guys that buy horses, and uh, who knows mm-hmm. what happens to them? They might be getting sent to a glue factory. Might bring my uh, my Honda Civic there, but it's also kind of nice to have like a backup horse. Well, I mean, I, you never you know lose what can it, happen. You lose it, you my know? Pontiac might break, and then like I can't replace the axle on that one though. That's irreplaceable. That's Sometimes a leg. Sometimes horse die. That's a whole leg. Sometimes car crash. Right. Same yeah. thing. Good sure. parallels here. Yeah. Uh, but I did that, and uh, oh, I did this. This really crazy side thing happened. I was just riding around in the just riding around in the bayou, right? Uh-huh. And this guy rides past me, and then he just falls off his horse and starts screaming for help. So Did you help him? Yeah, I, wa- I went over, got off my horse, picked him up, threw him on my horse, rode him into town, and brought him to the doctor's office. Oh, that's cool. He got, like, a real fucked up arm, right? Uh-huh. And I brought him there. And brings him down to the doctor, and he's like, and the dude just hands you money for helping him out. He's like, thank you so much, sir, here. And the doctor's like, well, we got to talk about my payment, but we'll deal with that later. <laughs> Oh. He's like, oh fuck! But he gets him down on this chair, and he's like, "All right, we're gonna have to amputate." The dude's like, "Oh fuck!" Puts him to sleep, and then the doctor turns to turns to you and goes, "Like, you might want to leave." I didn't leave. You oh, you don't have to. You don't have to leave. Oh. I I stayed. I watched this. I watched the doctor very graphically amputate this dude's arm. In this game, you heard all the noises. Watched the arm go off. He threw it in a bucket. The doctor dropped the saw, cleaned his hands, and was like, you'll pull through, buddy. And the dialogue stopped, and I walked out rather perturbed. <laughs> <laughs> that means that some people had to not sleep over designing the arm amputation scene. Yeah. Well, by the way, it's completely just like a side thing. You, yeah, you, you don't might even not have ever to watch see it. it. Yeah. You, you might not ever see it. If you, if you find, find that guy and that event happens, you just leave him there. he probably just die. Do events respawn like they kind of do in GTA Five? I don't know because I've never come across the same event twice yet. Okay, that's fair. It's a big world. It's a huge. But world. like for example, in like GTA Five, like if you accidentally drive past like a hitchhiker or something, just as an example, they'll, they'll respawn again. But I also haven't gone back to the uh, the, the t- last town I was in because I fucked up. Uh huh. And uh, so now I can't go back there until I like pay some shit off. That's something you could do. I also have a bounty in another town because uh, I accidentally hit somebody. Like, I crashed into him, and he died. Oops. And they just put that shit on me. Not like it was a complete accident or anything. They're like, no, you killed this dude. Like, vehicular manslaughter shit. Well, I mean, it's not like you'd get away with that scot-free in, in, like, now. Right. If you hit someone with your vehicle. But, like, he could have gotten out of the way. Man, I, was, like... I was riding too fast to get out of the way. This dude just like <laughs> sat there like a deer in fucking headlights. <laughs> I just crashed into him. You shouldn't him. have ran a red light, idiot. I had to feed my horse an apple after that to make him feel better. 
That oh, wasn't man. cool, man. Anyway, I love Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a great game. I'm going to get into it. it. I love uh, Rockstar games. Um, so I should probably get into it soon. Because, like, you know, one of my favorite games uh, is GTA 4. GTA 5 is not far down that, that right. list. I prefer 4. I, we talked about this in a, a podcast that never saw the light of day. Right. Not for this show, but, like, when you first got the podcast equipment. Like, even before FadPod started. Yeah, maybe we should put that out someday. It'd be fun. No. Why not? <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, we can just reiterate our points here. But, like, it's whatever. Uh, I, I just prefer that one to five because the world is better to me. And and I just like the sarcasm that it brings to the table. Because, like, all the stupid radio jokes and TV jokes and, like, just cynical, overt parody satire... Like, the GTA brand of satire is, like, not very subtle. No, not it's at all. It's very, like, we're just going to name this place Diarrhea. <laughs> diarrhea Poop. Get it? Because this place gives you diarrhea poop. Or, like, the radio show is named, like, Conservative Asshole. And it's, you know, a guy just going, like, I'm a conservative asshole! Move the immigrants back to their country! And it's not subtle at all. But, like, all that makes a little more sense when you play GTA 4, because you're playing as Nico, who is the most cynical <laughs> motherfucker when it comes to America. So that's just how he views it. That makes more sense to me when you play that game as opposed to any other GTA, where, like, yeah, the radio is still like that. The radio is like that in every GTA game. And the ads and around the city and everything. But, like... While I like some of that shit in all the games, it just works the best in 4. Because it has that added layer of, at least to me, implied cynicism behind it. Of just the entire culture of America. I feel like it works better in that game. Yeah, I understand that. I, uh... I prefer the first Red Dead Redemption to pretty much every GTA game. That's pretty fair, because that's just a good game. There's not a whole lot wrong with it. Yeah, I, I, I adore I, I adore the first Red Dead Redemption, so I knew I was going to like the new one, too. It, the problems that, but... that it has are ones that are in GTAs anyway. Like, you know, drive to the cutscene, and you have to listen to a conversation. And if you die in the mission, you have to listen to that conversation again, because you can't skip the ride over there. Yeah, they do a pretty kind of shit. they do a pretty decent job in Red Dead Redemption Two, kind of making that not happen as much. That's good, just because the rides are normally safer compared to Grand Theft Auto. That's a lot of that has to do with how robust and like kind of like just wild Red Dead Redemption 2's world is. Yeah, where you're just riding through a lot of wilderness, and as long as you don't go off the beaten path, you don't see much action. Makes sense. And uh, so he just opens it up for a lot of dialogue. And then as soon as you get to your destination, it makes a checkpoint. So unless something really dumb happens, which, I mean, it is prone to happen. But for the most part, it never will. You'll get to your destination. It'll make the checkpoint. And if you die during the cutscene, you just reload the checkpoint and start at that point in the mission. And you're good. That's cool. Yeah, and I, I like that because I would have I would hate having to restart the whole fucking mission. Oh god, the fucking PS2 GTAs were the worst for that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that that you was awful. You just want to instantly restart when like you lose like a really hard race or something, but you can't. You got to load your save. Especially if you died, you got to load your save because you lose all your weapons and shit when you go to the fucking police station. 
And that sucks. You don't want to go buy shit. You run out of money. Yeah. So, like, load your save, drive to the thing, and then drive to the thing, and then you get to restart. And that takes up a lot more time. It sucks. <laughs> but whatever. Old games. That's how it works. Old games. Old games. Yeah, I've been playing anything else new other than that. I uh, More Apex, more Tetris. Well, I downloaded them PS Plus games, so I'm going to play uh, The Witness. That game soon. good. That and, game uh, super good. Uh, maybe even my first COD game, because we got Modern Warfare Remastered. Yeah, play the campaign. I think it's an important campaign uh, for at least the history of shooters. Yeah. I think it's a very important game, because it, uh, it made something amazing, but then also like ruined shooters forever. <laughs> well, so it's you important. know, hey... The same can be said about my favorite game of all time, Resident Evil 4. So, you know, hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that game ruined action games. <laughs> it ruined horror games for a little bit, too. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It But, took, hey. It took the indie scene to revitalize it. Yeah. and, and Well, even then, it wasn't the kind of horror games that I like. I'm not a huge fan of the horror games where, like, as the player, you have no real agency to defend yourself against the stuff that's in the game. Yeah. You just have to run away because you can't attack. And, and like, some of those some of those can be really atmospheric and good. Like, you know, uh, Amnesia comes directly to mind. But, I don't know, just shit like that and shit like, uh, uh, what the fuck's the name of the game I'm trying to think? Outlast. Yeah. Are, are just kind of annoying because you just, you just have to run. You can't do nothing. Just I'm run. Not a, I'm not a big fan of Outlast. I think it's really gimmicky. And, uh, I, I much prefer like the approach where it's like, yeah, you got to run, but like, there's also parts in like Resident Evil seven, for example, wait, Resident Evil where seven, you shoot the motherfucker. Resident Evil seven took the formula that games like Outlast and Amnesia had, but then gave you like the Resident Evil like stuff of shooting zombies and protecting yourself. That game feels a lot better like that. Cause like, yeah, like, like an enemy, like Mr. X, you can't kill and you just have to run away from, right? But you have a lot more ways to go about that. And you could stun him. And you could throw flash grenades and get around him. All that shit is a lot better than just, like, your only option is to go hide. Mr. X and Resident Evil 4, does Leon just kick him? In, Le- in Resident Evil 4? Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> just <laughs> he goes, suplexes just goes, him. <laughs> kicks him. And then he's stunned. Oh, man. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. There's, like, bigger monsters in that game that are boss fights that are, like, tyrant level, I'd say. But, I mean, he still finds an action hero way to kill them. Like, the big bug thing, uh, where you just throw nitrogen at it, and then it freezes, and then you just shoot it a bunch. Then it die. Or uh, Salazar, where you just uh, stand... <laughs> Wait. I'm not sure if you know this, but, like, if you stand and not move... Where you start the fight, you win. Really? Um, there might be a, a couple little tricks to it, but like in my experience, you could stand where you are and not move, and then the tentacles won't attack you on the sides of the room. You just have to worry about the straightforward ahead of you, and if you just deal enough damage to the eyeball and the Salazar that pops out of it, you win. That makes that boss incredibly easy. It's really weird. So you just pump it with lead. Yeah, but you also don't move. Which is counterintuitive to what you would think you would do. Right. It's just like the boss expects you to move, so like not moving makes the AI not work. I guess. (laughs) 
Whatever. 2004 game. That's amazing. <laughs> or five or whatever. Anyway, uh, so speaking of zombies and horror and crap, uh, my birthday was last weekend. Yeah. Or Monday specifically. And uh, but uh, during the weekend, I, I watched some movies. And I'd like to talk about them because they were fun. Uh, Jusby, you only watched one of them, you loser. Yeah, I did. I had to go to bed. But it's a good movie. Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. What a fantastic piece of shit. <laughs> I love that fucking movie so much. Uh, it's Crawling Up the Ranks is like my favorite zombie movie. Which I think, uh, I don't know. It's like a tie for me between like Dawn of the Dead and Shaun of the Dead, if I'm being honest. But Return of the Living Dead's up there. Uh, mainly because it it just embraces the stupidity 100%. It presents you with no likable protagonists, really. No, Every, not a Everyone one. is just a shithead or an idiot. So, like, as soon as you get into that movie and start finding that out, it's like, oh, so this is just cannon fodder for the zombies. Basically. Like, it doesn't really matter if anyone survives. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> because all these people are idiots. Um, and the zombies in that movie are unique, which is fun. Because, uh, you know, now nowadays with, like, stuff like The Walking Dead and, I don't know, World War Z and, like, other, you know, mainstream zombie stuff... Zombies adhere to certain rules. You got the slow ones or the fast ones, but like usually, you just you shoot them and head it die. That makes it easy to kill, really. This movie different. They just don't. <laughs> they just don't die because they're already dead. <laughs> yeah. What I love about this movie is it just basically prevents a scenario in which it is literally impossible, and you figure that out like as the movie goes on. It, you realize that it's more and more impossible to do anything with this. And they start out small. We're like, they got one zombie. And they're like, oh, fuck. We got to take care of it. So they chop the head off, and then it's still moving around, just the body. And they're like, oh, fuck. But then they burn it. And then that just make more zombies, because oops. And, and, and what, something that I'm sure science doesn't really work this way. But burn zombie, smoke go in, air, rain cemetery zombies come out ground yeah sure whatever but in this movie it's fine because anything's plausible in this fucking movie where there's you know zombies they're just like moving arms and shit uh <laughs> i i just love it it's so fucking stupid uh the other two we watched you weren't present for no i was not because you're a loser that's true, yeah. <laughs> or you had something important to do. Like, go to sleep for work. Yeah, that's stupid, you loser. Yeah, I have another... F I have a fucking job. And I work f fucking... Oh. I work a full-time goddamn job. Boo because our listeners won't fucking give me money. You should have listened... You should have watched Brain Damage with us. Though our fucking... Our jackass listeners won't give me any goddamn motherfucking money, so I have to work an actual-ass job. Maybe y'all can give me some fucking cash dough money. They're not gonna do it if you do that. Yeah, well, fuck you. I don't give a shit. All right, so no, I'm kidding. Me, I love you. Jesby, I'm going to pitch these two movies to you to watch them. You don't have to pitch Manny to me. I just want to watch it. But pitch okay, Brain Damage but to me. But I'll pitch Brain Damage to you. Um, uh, I took a chance on Brain Damage because I, 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 I wanted to watch three movies, and I knew that I was going to watch Return of the Living Dead because that's a movie I wanted to watch for a long time. 
and Mandy, because ever since I saw the trailer last year, I, I knew I was into that movie. And I love Nicolas Cage and all his insane glory. So I wanted to see that movie for sure. But Brain Damage is one that I've only seen a couple clips from over the years. And it's, uh, it's a movie from the director of such uh, classics as Basket Case and Frankenhooker. Oh. And uh, so Brain Damage is... Uh, God, how do you explain brain damage? All right, so there's this little alien dude. I guess he's an alien. Okay. He, he looks like a little blue turd uh, uh, oh. worm thing. And okay. he has, like, little eyeballs and, like, a little mouth that open up with, like, teeth and, like, uh, Mountain Dew voltage uh, in it that, like, he pump out of his mouth. Oh, so it's like my penis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, You have no idea how relevant that is to the discussion, actually. Oh, really? Uh, so, anyway... So there's this uh, guy named Brian, uh, our main character, and Hi, this Brian. thing, uh, this thing escapes from his previous, uh, I guess, owners. Uh, they they keep it real vague for the first like hour of this movie, or maybe just half hour. Uh, what the fuck this thing is? But uh, it reveals itself to Brian after attaching itself to him, like it it, it it like venoms onto him, like they become like a parasitic co-organism i guess if you will okay although they're kind of separate from each other but they become incredibly reliant upon each other so uh the thing reveals itself to him and 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 it talks like with the voice of a because it talks and it's this little puppet special effect that is just adorable uh it's not a good effect but it's hilarious uh it talks like a 50s announcer like, it reveals itself to him, and he's like, Hi, Brian! Oh, <laughs> like, my God. It's so great. Uh, so, what it does is, he's like, I could make you feel good, Brian. Just insert me in the hole in the back of your neck that I made. <laughs> and Brian does. Oh, my God. And he injects the Mountain Dew voltage <laughs> into Brian's brain. The movie called Brain Damage. It even shows you a close-up of his brain and like, little blue dots of liquid are hitting his brain and there's like little electricity things going in his brain and uh this makes brian trip it's a drug brian oh. sees cool colors and he just fucking trips his ass off he's like this is fucking lit dude <laughs> and he just wanders around the city just like looking at just random shit he's going like whoa but so here's the trade-off though uh, this thing, which, uh, goes by the name of Alamer, it sounds like Elmer, and he thinks that, Brian thinks its name is Elmer at first, but it's really A-L-Y-M-E-R, Alamer. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna reveal much about that. They, they explain the lore behind this thing in the movie, but I'm not gonna explain that part. I'm just gonna, watch it if you get a chance, it's fun. Uh, but, <laughs> basically, this thing needs to eat brains. Oh, literally. Probably. It needs to latch onto people's heads and chew their brains out and eat it. Uh, okay. So, in forming a coexistence with Brian, uh, it makes Brian forget that it eats brains by and just keeps giving Brian the drug. And eventually what this turns into is an obvious drug allegory. Drug addiction allegory. Oh, good. Uh, because Alamer becomes a dealer basically where he's like oh i'll give you the the drug brian but you got to do what i want you to do first you got to go get me some brains before i can give you the shit and it 
it go it just keeps getting worse from there <laughs> as brian's life uh just spirals out of the control and everybody's like what the fuck is going on man oh you're Jesus. acting really weird brian and okay guy it's just a weird ass movie i've never really quite seen anything like it there's lots of weird gross gags that happen with this thing but I'll just let you watch the movie and find out. But sure. If you've seen anything from Frankenhooker and, and Basket Case, you kind of know what you're in for. This guy kind of likes some of his gross-out humor. Uh, the ending makes no sense, but I loved it. <laughs> I, I kind of love it because it makes no sense, the ending. It's just like, wait, where do you go from there? What? Oh, it's over. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and then anyway, uh, Mandy... It's probably the best movie of those three that I watched. Mandy is a fucking masterpiece. I'm willing to say that right now. Uh, every shot in that movie is gorgeous. And very stylized. And They use color palettes so well in that movie. Everything is like the most red it can be or the most blue it can be. It's very cool looking. If you haven't watched the trailer for Mandy... That'll give you a good idea of whether you're into that movie or not. I, I I think I can compare this movie a little bit to another movie instead of, like, spoiling things that happen in it. And that movie is Drive. And I it's very different from Drive, obviously. Yeah. I ex- but in terms of pacing, it's very similar. Because you have a very, very, very slow buildup. That leads to a murder crescendo in the last half hour or so of the movie. Uh, the last half hour is just nonstop, insane murder times. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's only one thing I've seen out of Mandy, okay? Uh-huh. And it's just a quick snippet uh-huh. of Nicolas Cage covered in blood. Yes. And just, like, sits down and stares blankly at the screen. He smiled, man. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. That's That's like almost the last shot of the movie, so that kind of sucks. It doesn't mean anything to me. No, you have no idea why that's like almost the last shot of the movie. But like, you know, there's obvious conclusions you can draw just from even looking at the plot of this movie. I would say go in as blind as possible. Yeah, just know that you're basically about to watch a Nicolas Cage goes on a revenge murder spree movie. But the way you get there is interesting. The last half hour or so of the movie is the best part. But I don't know if it would work as well without the excessively long buildup that makes it really work. And that's what is very comparable to Drive. Right. That's exactly how Drive is. Yeah. There is a very weird out-of-context scene that happens on a television in this movie, and that's your division point. That's your dividing point between the long build-up and then the, oh, this is the Nicolas Cage's Insane show now. Uh, <laughs> you'll know when you get to it, it's almost so out of place that it takes you out of the movie. It kind of does take you out of the movie. Well, I think it, it's probably designed to take you out of that movie and put you in a different movie. Yeah, it is, but it has nothing to do with either half. Doesn't it's have just to. A, it's just it's almost like when you're watching like I, I don't know if this is the best comparison, but like when you're watching Family Guy, and they stop the plot to just show what the characters are watching on TV, and then that's just a weird thing, and then they cut back to the plot. 
if you can call it, because it's Family Guy. They don't right. really have a plot. But you know sure. what I mean? But So that weird moment that's just a weird moment serves just, I don't know if they meant it to be, but it, it is the clear division <laughs> between the two types of movies that are at, at play here. Because the one is just very dark, very brooding, and very slow incremental build. And then the second half is just like balls-to-the-wall insane bullshit. Which is great, though, because it, it feels so earned after the first half. It's very experimental, and there's a lot of unanswered questions and things like that. At least to me. But none of it really matters. Because it's just kind of a movie about, you know, emotion anyway. It, when you get down to it, it's about family. No, not really. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'll watch. Where can I watch it? Shutter. Okay, I have Shutter. That's good. Get seven day free Shutter. What is Shutter, by the way? I, I have no idea what it is. It's horror movie streaming service. S H U D D E R. Not like Shutter. Shutter. Like okay. ugh. Yeah. Give me the Ghibli's. <laughs> you know what I mean? How much is it a month? Like to pay for it? I think like four buck a month, which is pretty cheap. But right now they have a seven-day free trial. Or I think just in general they have a seven-day free trial. There's a, it's a very limited selection, and you have to like horror movies in order to like anything on it. But there's a lot of fun stuff on there. They got some classics like Halloween and Texas Chainsaw and uh, Gremlins 2. Reason, reason uh, those I'm asking, are the three best horror movies ever made. The reason I'm asking is because my parents are huge horror movie fans. Yeah. And I might want to pitch them on it. They should do it. Yeah. There's all kinds of horror movies are on there. Like the absolute classics that you need to watch and also just schlock and also stuff that's only on Shutter as well. Like Mandy is only on Shutter for streaming. Right. You can buy it on DVD and shit, but it's only on Shutter for streaming. Yeah, and there's other movies like that as well. Yeah, my my parents get together with my cousin like at least twice a month to just watch horror movies all night. This so, is a good. This is probably a good product for them. Right. I'm gonna. And I'm maybe gonna even for it. me, because I, I want to watch more movies that I've missed over the years. I already got like a list of ones that like like I, I'm really into horror movies, especially now. I just keep getting more and more into them. And there's classics that I need to familiarize myself with that I've never seen, like uh, Hellraiser. Oh man. Uh, Phantasm. Oh uh, man. Uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. There's like a lot that I just need to yeah. see. See, I, I've seen, like, all of those movies, but that's because I came from a family that was infatuated with horror. I was really someone that hated that shit for the longest time in my life. I did when I was... I was weird, where when I was younger, I loved it, and I hit my teenage years, and I fell off of it hard. And then when I got to, like, being a young adult, I got way back into it again. And now, I, now I'm just... Now I just love it. I don't know what really, like traumatized me and all the spooky shit when I was a kid, but something did. I, I, I have clear, vivid memories of, like, going to, like, a, uh, uh, like, a Party Max. Are those even still around? I don't know, maybe. Who knows? Whatever. So, like, yeah, they have all the Halloween shit out during the Halloween. And, like, I have clear, vivid memories of, like, my mom taking me to one and me just being freaked out. Like, I was so scared that I just ran out of the store when we left and almost into traffic could have could have died oops <laughs> man that's a little scarier than uh that dracula mask 
but that shit just spooked me as a kid and I, I don't really know why but like eventually like eventually i grew up and my mom rented a little movie called army of darkness yeah and uh that that made me based. a little interested because that's not quite a horror movie. That movie is based. That is one of the it greatest is. movies ever. Made. It is, but it's it's very much a movie where it's goofy, and it doesn't take the horror seriously. It's kind of a joke, and that gave me a whole new perspective on the whole thing. And, you know, let's say, fifteen years after that, or whatever the fuck, I don't know when my mom had me watch Army of Darkness. That movie rated R. Who cares? Whatever. I I don't think uh, so. Actually, I think at the time it was it rated PG thirteen. Should be PG thirteen. I don't really. I, don't, I can't really think of. There might be a bit of blood, but it's not like Evil Dead one and two. That, no, like, those have to be R. Because you think the most part, like the shit that's getting fucked up, is skeletons, man. Yeah, it's like nothing. Let me let me look it up real quick. But all right, yeah, my I loved Army of Darkness. I got it when I was younger. Um, my dad's friend gave me a bootleg copy of it on DVD, and then I watched it. <laughs> I watched that before I watched any other any of the Evil Dead movies. Oh, and same. I absolutely fell in love with it, and then I went back and watched Evil Dead, and I was like, "This is very different." Oh, y- yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Why the fuck is?" Because when I first watched the movie, I was like, "Why the fuck is Ash like in a store? This is supposed to be a reference." And like, I didn't understand anything, and then and then I watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, and I was like, "Ah, uh, it all makes sense." Yeah, but that really helped me uh, get over the. Uh, trauma, if you will, of just being like a scaredy cat when it comes to those things. And now I just love that shit. Uh, it's like my favorite. It was rated R. Genre of crap movie. Uh, because horror, it, it does kind of. Horror can be crap. <laughs> it's got a 57 meta score. That's sad. What the fuck? Get out of here. It should be like a 99. No one should hate that movie. But, but like, yeah, I don't know. Horror kind of has that like reputation where it's not like a real genre. And it gets ignored when it comes to, like, award season and shit. Uh, but every now and then there's, like, a diamond in the rough. And I think those deserve to be praised. And even if, if there's not, every now and then, a diamond in the rough, there's a shiny turd that is hilarious to look at. Something like Return of the Living Dead, which is just, like, complete schlock, but it's one of the most entertaining movies ever made. Oh, here's a you fun gotta, You gotta get into those. Here's a fun little trivia I'm going to read for you about Army of Darkness. It's on the IMDb page. Okay. Uh, Much of Army of Darkness was filmed with multiple cameras simultaneously rolling on both wide shots and close-ups, rather than shooting first a master and then later a close-up. Huh. Which is interesting. Because of this, the boom mic had to be kept back further from the subject than would usually produce acceptable audio. For this reason, Bruce Campbell often wore a wireless transmitter with the microphone pickup concealed in the chainsaw pull part hook on the strap oh. that crossed his chest. That's why he wore it. And the transmitter tucked down inside the shotgun holster on his back. Campbell had to be assured that the, wow. ba- the black phone ball covering the microphone pickup would not be visible on camera. That's fucking neato. I'm into that. I love, That's the, cool. I love the crazy shit that Sam Raimi does. Uh, He's so talented. He is an insane person. So talented. Like, and then he made Spider-Man. It was lit. And then he made <laughs> Spider-Man 3, and then it wasn't. Hey, parts of it are good. Uh, hey, Spider-Man! God, you can always tell that it's Sam Raimi, too. Like, when you watch Spider-Man 2, and there's all of a sudden, there's that scene that's a horror movie when Doc Ock becomes Doc Ock, and he just kills a bunch of fucking surgeons. Like, oh, yeah, the same Oh, that's so good. 
Oh, Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's an Evil Dead scene, just in the middle of my Spider-Man film. Uh, uh, I watched... Uh, that's kind of there in... Uh, that's there the first Spider-Man, too, when uh, Green Goblin shows up on Aunt May. That's a very Sam Raimi oh, scene. Oh, my God, that scene is fucking insane. She's just like, deliver us! He's like, finish it! From evil! That That is such an Evil Dead... <laughs> That is such an evil dead thing. The fact that he's such an evil bad guy that he makes her finish. It's so <laughs> her good. Line. Oh god, Willem Dafoe is a god. That movie's amazing. Uh. But anyway, the other thing I w- started watching and uh, I am loving it is The Good Place. Yeah. Have I've you heard, heard anything about The Good Place? Sort of. I've heard little things. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you straight up. You need to watch this show. Okay. Uh, there's a reason people are talking about it. It's fucking good. I'm only four episodes in, so I'm about to probably, you know, get even more shit flung at me than is already getting flung at me. But, like, the initial premise is interesting enough, I think, to warrant starting watching it. But each successive episode builds upon the premise and adds more layers to it. And it hasn't stopped accelerating upwards yet at episode four. Interesting. And I okay. am really, I hope it keeps up that pace because it keeps topping itself in like ways that this world works or doesn't work. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know the, the basic premise of the show. I don't. Like, for the most part. I would, I would go in as, as blind as you would, except for the bare basics, which is uh, the good place is where you go when you die, when you're a good person. Uh, good old Ted Danson is uh, not quite God or an angel uh, because no religion was correct, I guess. I don't want Ted Danson to be gone anyway. He's so weird. good in this show, though. He is so good in this show. He's the he he's basically just the leader of this afterlife community, uh, of just like however many people I don't know, and just the basics of it is if you were good, you go to the good place, one of these several little communities that are just uh, quote unquote perfect, and if you're bad, you go to the bad place. Most people go to the bad place, but. A few select great people who were just, like, very selfless and cared about others get to go to the good place. Our main character is Kristen Bell. Uh, I, but she plays someone who is not a good person. <laughs> so, th- you find that out pretty early on. That uh, she does not belong in the good place. There's probably been some kind of error <laughs> Okay. Because, and they show you uh, flashbacks to when she was still alive throughout the course of the show. Uh, She was a terrible person. (laughs) But she wants to, you know, because, like, everything they know about the bad place is it's it's like hell. It's like eternal just suffering. So she doesn't want to go there. (laughs) She doesn't want to correct the mistake. So she's doing her best to be, like, undercover in the good place is basically the starting premise of this show. It starts to go off into other areas very quickly. Uh, just, And I'm really curious to see like more uh, ins and outs of how this place functions, because I know they get into a lot more details as it goes on. And I've got something slightly spoiled for me about how the first season ends, 
But it intrigues me enough to keep going just because they keep throwing more curveballs at me that I, I didn't expect uh, with the characters and everything. Uh, it's a great show. It's just on Netflix. I think just the first two seasons. I don't know if season three has started yet. I know they showed an ad for it during the Super Bowl, so if it hasn't, it probably starts soonish. Uh, it's great. I encourage you to watch that. I will probably get back uh, on this later in another episode when I've watched more. Okay. Where are I you watching it? Huh? Where are you watching it? Netflix. I Netflix? said that it's a, No, I didn't hear that. Netflix show? Good job. Listen to the podcast. I've been listening you're on to you. It. I don't know how I didn't catch that. <laughs> so a Netflix show. Okay. Season? No, it's it's like NBC. Yeah, but it... Which made me wary of it at first because I thought it was going to be like sitcom-y. Okay, so NBC show on Netflix, though. Streaming yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, it's streaming okay. on Netflix. It okay. might be on Hulu as well, and maybe that might have more updated episodes. Not sure, but seasons one and two are on Netflix. Okay. Uh, everybody is great in it. Uh, I don't really know any of the actors' names besides Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. Uh, everybody else seems to be, like, pretty new, at least to me. But uh, they're really good. <laughs> um... I don't know. I was about to get into who my favorite character is so far, but I can't. Nah. I literally can't because it spoils a lot of shit. So I'll watch it. Just, uh, just I, I highly encourage it to everybody listen to this, including you, if you're listening to me. I am listening to you, yes. You I'm. loser. I, I will watch it. Okay. okay? Cool. I'll watch it. I mean, like, I usually take forever to watch a show, but I just watched the first four episodes in, like, one evening. Because I just oh. didn't want to stop watching it, because... Every episode ends with, like, a little stinger to set up the next episode. And and I appreciate that a great deal, because for a comedy series, I did not anticipate it having an ongoing narrative. But it does. And that's pretty good. I was anticipating it to be more like, uh... Not quite like this, but something like, uh... Your, your pretty face is going to hell oh, on okay. Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, I mean, that's obviously about hell, not, like, a heaven scenario. But that's just, like, every episode is its own thing. It's just another unique, haha afterlife jokes situation. I thought it was going to be like that. No, it's an ongoing narrative. That co- the situation constantly changes for everybody. Uh, which is pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm into it. I'll check it out. So, continuing... Uh-huh. Our alien predator AVP hype train bullshit that we're on. We watched Predator today. Oh boy. With Arnold Suh. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Arnold Suh. <laughs> and Ar- Arnold And the the other guy in Rocky. Sylvester Stallone. Not the other one. Pauly. <laughs> Not the other one. <laughs> Mr. T. Not the other one. Adrian. <laughs> Not the other one. Are we just going to name everybody from Rocky? Carl Weathers. Yeah! <laughs> Apollo Creed. Man, do you remember when Carl Weathers got fucking completely annihilated by a giant bodybuilding alien on steroids? 
Yeah, Rocky 2? Rocky 4. Sorry. Oh. I was setting you up for that joke, and you said the wrong one. Get it? Because Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. Whatever, Jusby. Ruin all my jokes, oh. you piece of shit. Oh, man. So, the, the Predator... No, I'm sorry. Not the Predator. Just Predator. Don't confuse those two. Oh, God. I hate it so much. I hate that tendency that movies have to just, like, we gotta call it the same thing. Why? But we can't call it exactly the same thing. We just call it the Predator. Like, fuck you. Or maybe, you know, it's a situation like the first Fast and the Furious movie is called... The Fast and the Furious. But the fourth one is just called Fast and Furious. Get rid of the the. Ooh. Innovation. If there's ever a movie, listen, if there's ever a movie Uh where audiences will be confused unless you put the date after it... You There's a lot up. of those now. You fucked up. Just like we talked about this before with Halloween 2018. It's like... Well, we have to call it that. Yeah, now fuck you. All I right? would rather it be called Halloween 2. I'd rather there be three Halloween 2s than three Halloween 1s. Because at least you always know where to start. You know what I mean? You start with the one that's called Halloween 1. And not the Rob Zombie one. Which right. is also called Halloween. Right. That that's a little different. That makes it a little easier because you just say Rob Zombie's Halloween. If it's a remake, I kind of get it, even though right. it's not necessarily entirely a remake. It's like a whatever the fuck. It's like a pseudo sequel to one, and just ignores the rest. Rob Zombie's? No, no. Rob Zombie is just a reboot. It's a yeah. It's a remake and a prequel, basically. Stupid. A pre-make. <laughs> He's gonna pre, dude. Uh... Yeah, I'll fucking. <laughs> I'll send him to pre-hell, dude. Whoa, dude. From in the ground. Well, in the he back can of his dragula. the dishes and burn through the witches, yeah. so he, he ain't gonna stay in the ground, dude. Can he slam? He's also a zombie. Can he slam? In the back of his... Dragula? Dragula. <laughs> dragula. The, the, oh, the Dragula. Anyway, so Predator is a movie. It's oh, a great hey. film. Uh, if you haven't seen it, who? Right. I mean, if if you haven't seen Predator, chances are you know almost everything about Predator. Yeah, because it's been copied in all movies. Right. Ever. And and it's also been memed to shit. Uh, Right at the beginning of the movie when our our heroes meet, if you could call them that. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Weather Carl uh, do a big old handshake slash arm wrestle. And that has become... A meme where you, uh, you know. Put two things joining forces. Yeah. Against like, one thing in the middle. You put, like, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween on the left. And then Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 on the right. And then on the fist you put sucking major ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how that meme work. Yeah, you got it. Or, yeah. like. Or then you got like uh, now you know how it works. But there's just there's the classic get to the chopper. Oh, the, every line in this movie is iconic, except for some of them. But there's at least eight <laughs> that are like you know get to the chopper. You're one ugly motherfucker. Um, I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> it's- Arnold and, just kicks uh, down a door and says, knock, you know, knock. If you were ever uh, a high school student 
in the early 2000s and you uh you know were mischievous in the computer lab and you went on a Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard just to hear him go you son of a bitch over and over the chances are half of the quotes are from predator oh yeah absolutely i mean like it's one of his most iconic film roles and it's one of the only characters that he's never revisited which is strange now the nature of the way that the predator movies kind of can work is that i don't feel like they would benefit from being a continuing narrative no like alien i think kind of should be they eventually fuck it up, as we'll see soon. But I think that those movies need Sigourney Weaver, for sure. When right. they get away from it, they kind of get a little weird, a little wonky. And I like her being the main head of that franchise. The head of the Predator franchise is Predator. Right. Um, not necessarily Arnold Schwarzenegger, although I feel like they could have got a little more mileage out of him. I wish they did. I wish they could have came up with something. Make them time travel. Go to Alienverse. Oh, make man. a real Alienverse Predator movie. I'll tell you what. Hang out with Sigourney Weaver. And he's just like, what is space? What's happening? <laughs> I'm just a commando, man. What's going on? Yeah, speaking of commando, this movie uh, spends the first like half of it being just like commando. And Yeah. And it's awesome, except... Now, this is something I, I, I was talking to Genhart about at, right after we finished the movie. I feel like... This movie would have benefited itself further. There's, like, little inserted scenes of, like, the Predator just watching them, and it's in, like, infrared and shit. Then you see, like, weird alien shit come up on, like, the left side of the screen. Uh There's also a uh scene at the very beginning of the movie where a ship in space, like, drops something. You just cut all that out of the movie. It oh, becomes... you have no idea what they're about to encounter. Yeah, right. that would be great. And you, you would have no fucking clue. You're just like, okay, well, these guys... Because the whole plot of the movie is... Big commando crew led led by Ani drop drop into kind of Vietnam like zone big jungle <laughs> a jungle s- war zone gorilla race right. and his mission is supposed to be to rescue some people and that's what his team does they're a an extraction team or something yeah uh, but that ends up not being even what they fucking do. Nah, Carl Weathers is a cheating bastard, lying yeah. motherfucker. But the fascinating thing about all that is that it ceases to matter very quickly. Oh, very it quickly. It feels like all that plot matters for the first, like, half hour of the movie, but it fucking doesn't. No, and that's what's so great about it, is it takes that huge pivot. <laughs> like, it, All these people that in. were, you know, in an action movie wander onto the set of a very different movie basically after that big old war scene now it's a great war scene mind you it's uh, so funny it's... i feel like michael bay might have watched that and got some inspiration just yeah. a little bit it is nothing there's when the action kicks off in that movie when they they go in and just completely pulverize a camp and there's nothing but explosions, gunshots, explosions, gunshots, people screaming, explosions, gunshots. I wonder if they busted their whole fucking budget on that fucking scene uh, alone. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many explosions. That had to have spent they had to have spent a significant portion of the budget on just that scene. I would I would assume so. And it happens very early on. And like the the climax of the movie is obviously the classic like Arnold versus Predator confrontation, but that scene has more action in it. Well, that's a climax of a different movie because it's yes, two movies. Yes, that movie is over after that part. Right. Um, because they wander into a different movie, which is great, and why this movie works. 
so well because it blindsides you. It's a ridiculous action movie with quipping heroes. Like Arnold even fucking says knock knock. Yeah, he stick kicks around. Open the door. Yeah, and you know Jesse Ventura says he ain't got time to bleed. And there's the the quipping. Uh, well, not really quipping. The, the pussy joke boy. Uh, <laughs> no God, I'm glad he's the first one to die. Fuck that guy. It's Ouch! Take most, that, Shane Black. Most awkward fucking. I mean, I guess it was supposed to be awkward. It's supposed to be funny because nobody gives a shit about his dumb jokes. It sets up Billy's character more than his character, right? Because Billy just like non-reacts to his first joke because he's serious. He laughs at the second one though, proving that he's human. But he's not very good at fighting because Predator just kills him off screen. <laughs> He just embraces it, I guess. We'll get to that in a bit. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, like, that scene works really well because although it is a big, dumb action scene with lots of explosions and it's like everything that Michael Bay has wet dreams about, so it should suck, kind of, in that regard, it solidifies all these soldiers as formidable opponents. Are just like strong, strong, strong boys. <laughs> you know what? In your head? Yeah, they're deadly. So then they all start getting murdered. That's dope. That's a good 180 on what you just saw in the movie. Because instantly after that scene, shit starts going to shit and they start getting murdered one by one. These guys that decimated an entire <laughs> base just by shooting it a lot. And throwing explosives. Yeah, that's it. It and only serves to take you by surprise. Yeah. Which works really well. It lands really well. I think it could have landed harder, too. And that, that's that's what's incredible about it, is it lands super hard already. Yeah. Even when you even when you already know what the premise of the movie is, it still executes so well. But it, the prospect that it could execute even better just makes me all giddy. I agree. I want to uh, cut of that movie where it takes those useless scenes out that you don't need. That'd be a good edit. A director's cut, if you will. Just take them out. Sure. And I then, can see that. But, like, it, it doesn't matter to us now. Like, because Predator is such a big, like, cultural thing, it doesn't matter to us anymore because we know that that's Predator. But, yeah. like, showing it to somebody for the first time without those scenes in the movie... It oh, they'd blow, be, they'd blow be you caught away. off surprise if they didn't know what Predator was. Right, it would just blow them away. But that's impossible. That's like finding someone that doesn't know that like Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. Right. That's impossible. But you know when that fucking twist hit in 81, it blew fucking children's minds. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah my, my, my father constantly tells me like that was the craziest thing that like ever fucking happened. <laughs> right. It's just like, you know, a known fact, even if you haven't seen Star Wars, though. But, man, what I wouldn't give to be able to watch that movie with a fresh eye. That'd be dope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with that movie and Predator. And... Not to mention Han Solo, like, dies in that movie. You don't know he's going to come back. You don't know what the fuck Carbonite does. You don't know. You don't yes. know as a kid. Yes, everybody just, just kill like, him. Everybody's just like, everything sucks. Yeah, that movie's fucking traumatic as hell if you don't know there's a fucking another one after it where the Ewoks kill all the stormtroopers. Damn, dude. No, oh, Damn. But that's kind of, Predator does kind of like a similar thing where just like, you're like 
kind of all like jacked up on adrenaline because these badass motherfuckers just killed a ton of people. It's a big meathead war movie at that point. It's yeah. like Commando. Right. And then and then this thing makes them all look like a bunch of little bitch boys. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. It's a different feel from something like Alien where most of the people on that ship are like scientists and they're vulnerable. Uh-huh. These guys are not supposed to be vulnerable. I can't really think of many movies where Arnold Schwarzenegger is vulnerable very vulnerable in that do you know movie. what i mean like yeah. th- in most movies he's he- terrified yeah uh and he actually puts in some okay acting in this movie because the last half hour where it's just him and the predator he has to act without speaking and just using his eyes and he doesn't look not terrified and he doesn't look like not pissed <laughs> Or not, like, confident at at every single time that he has to feel those emotions. Like, that's pretty okay. Especially for Arnold Schwarzenegger. I feel like he did a good job. He's never been regarded as, like, a great actor. He's just, like, a presence and a popular figure. So, like, he has to be in things. It's just, like, a fact. Do you know what I mean? It's a ton of fun. Yeah. And he exerts that really hard in the first half of this movie. And then when it flips, he, he pulls off well... First of all, being absolutely fucking terrified as he's watching his entire team just die. Yeah. Uh, thinking he's found a solution, and then it doesn't work, and then more of his team dies. And then he just starts running, and then he's just, like, he's got the fear of fucking God put into him. The moment when he uh, when he falls over uh, right after right after the, the, the injured dude he's carrying his head gets fucking shot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's just petrified. Yeah, and he and it plays off well, and you could you could feel that he's fucking terrified. Like, it's dope. Yeah, it's it's one of the it's definitely the movie he's act, ever acted best in. I would say probably definitely his best role, and because after that he kind of gets blown out as like a cheesy ass action hero. Bad. I, mean, I don't think he ever recovers from it. Terminator Two is his peak. I think after that it goes a Even little then, downhill. Like, Terminator. I, I, I'm not saying he acts well in that movie. He acts adequately because he has to be a fucking robot. <laughs> no, no. He, yeah, he does. I guess he does well for like what he needed to do. He's action man, and that's all that he needs to be in fucking Terminator Two, one of the best action movies ever made. Right. Uh, in this movie, he needs to be a little bit more because he has to be actually scared of the jacked ass monster that he has to fight, which is not typical for him. And I like that. Maybe that's the real reason they never made a sequel to Predator. Arnold Arnold didn't want to be upstaged by a big old mutant in dreadlocks. <laughs> oh, man. I want to beat the Predator's ass. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, he did very narrowly. I mean, he killed it. I mean, he didn't kill it, but he almost killed it. Yeah, so you have a... It kills itself. Right. So you have a whole segment of the movie that is just everybody dropping like flies so we can get to the real meat. Some great, great schlocky kills. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carl Weathers getting his hand cut off and it's still shooting the gun. <laughs> That's amazing. Would that happen? Yes. Interesting. That's how nerves it's work. it's gripping the, the trigger? Right. That's cool. Okay. That's how the human body's nerves work. Like, it, like for example, if you're... He seems not too perturbed. Like, he's more, like, scared than anything. He doesn't seem to be in pain that his hand has been cut off. Like, for example, uh, if your head gets cut off, your body still moves for a little bit. That happens in this movie, actually. Right. Um, when, uh... He's a whole... 
the one what's his name? One the one dude gets gets the hole blown in the back of his head and you can see his legs still moving. Oh, it's creepy. I love it. And that's a real thing that happens. Your nerves don't stop right away. Yeah. So your bo- the body like freaks the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And the same happens when you lose a limb. Is Duke his name? Yeah. No, yeah, it was. I think oh, it was Duke. Bill Duke was the actor's name. He plays Mac. Mac, that's it. Yeah. It's Mac. Okay. See, I don't remember most of their names because I. Yeah, it's not so important. So well thought of as their actors' names. Like I don't know Carl Weathers' name unless it's Apollo Creed. Do you know right. what I mean? Other than that, he's Carl Weathers. Yeah. Uh, and same with Schwarzenegger. Although I like Dutch. Dutch is a cool name. It's yeah, very it uh. Dumb meathead commando man sounding, which is fine because that's who he's playing. But, uh, yeah, it just kills everybody off one by one. The scene with Billy, where he just kind of goes, like, crazy-eyed, drops his gun in the ravine, and cuts himself across his bare chest, is weird to me a little bit. No, I, you know why I loved that? Because it looks like he's prepping up for something, and then he just dies off screen and screams. Sure, it's another subverting of your expectations, if you will. I just think it's... That's fine to me, I guess. Because, yeah, he's going to die anyway, whether he just, like, comes to blows with the Predator or not. Right, and I think it's just really funny because he, like, was preparing himself for something. And then, like, no. No. You're not not allowed. It's so fucking funny to me. (laughs) Fuck you, dude. Yeah. You ain't ready for him. I guess that's fair. It just seems like a bigger moment that doesn't really uh, amount to anything. Yeah, that's that's fine. I I guess that's kind of the point. That was kind of the point, yeah. It's to undermine the entire point of, like, that whole section of scenes where these guys are dying. Is to undermine... The first part of the movie is meant to show you how talented and strong these people are at combat. And then the next part of the movie, the next third of the movie, is completely based on showing you how much stronger the Predator is than them and how it makes them look like little bitch boys. And the last part of the movie is Arnold accidentally figuring out how to camouflage himself with the Predator and using that to fuck it up. Right. And that's the whole movie. That's the whole idea. I love how deliberately slowly they kind of reveal how the Predator works. Yeah. Because, uh, like, you understand that it's camouflage, but you don't really know why it's saying people's, like, sentences. Cause, or you don't really even recognize that it's saying that. That's a little more prevalent in 2, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. The idea uh, is that the Predator can copy language. Yeah, that, which is weird, but it could be used to its advantage, I guess. Yeah, that's the idea. The, the, um, the whole sculpture of the Predator is that it's the perfect hunter. Yes. So it can use deception with language as one mm-hmm, of its tools, mm-hmm. and so that's what it has. It never really uses it to that advantage in this movie. No, it just uses it to mock Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk about the Predator's laugh? Because we should. Yeah, well, the idea is that he copied the laugh from the Jokey Boy, right? Um. Well, that the one dude gave off when he got told the, the pussy joke. I think so. So here's some interesting trivia. Okay. So the actor who plays the Predator is Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah. He is also the helicopter pilot at the end of the movie. Yes. A little cameo. However, the laugh is not him. Yeah. The laugh is Peter Collins. Who, if you don't know, he is uh, best known as the voice of Optimus Prime, still to this day, even. Huh. Okay. What? <laughs> That's cool. Why not? Fuck it. I, I, uh, you know, hey. 
Got to get a voice actor in to do that laugh because it's a weird laugh. But it is a very weird laugh. It's interesting. It's supposed to be the idea, though, because it's not like it can't fully copy the voice well because it's dying. I got it. So here's another interesting trivia that I just came across and is weird because we were already talking about Rocky and even Rocky Four. Yeah. The development of Predator, according to Wikipedia here. Following the release of Rocky Four, a joke circulated in Hollywood. That since Rocky Balboa had run out of earthly opponents, he would have to fight an alien if a fifth film were to be made. Screenwriters Jim and John Thomas took the inspiration from the joke and wrote a screenplay based off of it. Became Predator. Oh my <laughs> god. I'm so glad we watched all the Rocky movies before this now. Well, it's just coincidental. It right? all makes sense. Does it? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I feel like they made a couple changes. But yeah, I guess it's kind of like action hero man versus an alien is the plot of this movie. Yeah, technically. You break it all the way down, yeah. It's just not in a boxing ring. Uh, Instead, it's in a giant, scary jungle. The The original script was called... The original like movie... Script was called Hunter, became Predator. Makes sense. Yeah. It's really cool. The script was picked up by 20th Century Fox in 85 and turned over to producer Joel Silver, who, based on his experience with Commando, decided to turn the science fiction pulp storyline into a big budget film. Oh, that's interesting. So the sci-fi element came first. Right, and then they... And then... Uh, then in Commando adding Schwarzenegger, they were like, what if it was like Commando and then it became a horror, yeah, horror sci-fi. alien sci-fi movie. Right. Which is a cool idea. No matter how they came to it. Rocky movie or not. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, actually, just because it's so iconic and fresh in my head. I watched it when I was really young. Uh Unlike Army of Darkness, I don't think it ever really registered as, like, something with spooky shit in it to me. It's not that it's scary not of scary. a movie. No. No, it's just, uh... But I also probably saw it edited on TV, because, like, yeah, those skin bodies would creep me out as a yeah. kid. It's stuff a, like that. It's but. a, like, a, like a blood-pumping thriller movie. Yeah. It really is. And it's like also aliens. an action movie. Right. Not Alien. But Aliens still has scary parts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, like like when out. the when you figure out that the queen alien can ride an elevator, <laughs> <laughs> that's scary as fuck. You think about those creatures can fucking not you're not even safe when you ride an elevator, dude. You can hit the button. Fuck. Uh, those both of those movies came out uh, very close to each other and uh, are still iconic, easy to copy, easy to take tropes from movies to this day, and eventually re- result in uh terrible crossover movies that we'll get to in several episodes yeah what about five weeks from now uh, i don't know next Four week weeks? is next week is predator 2 right and, and then, then it's alien 3 alien 4 and then avp right then avp avp 2 right we... um in the in the middle of that i think probably after i'll do it in the avp episode i guess i'm gonna go uh, ahead and reinstall i still have the cd uh-huh. i'm gonna go ahead reinstall and revisit avp gold on the pc the okay. video game Sure. Um, if you want to you wanna sit down with me and we'll fuck with it, we can. I would love to, but I think what we should do is the last episode, which is when we'll watch the most recent movie, The Predator, we should have the whole episode be about this. Because I'm going to do a little side project of my own. Okay. Which is uh, reading 
Uh, Batman versus Predator. One, two, and three. <laughs> oh. And also, Superman versus Aliens. One and two. And also, oh, no. Alien versus Predator versus Superman and Batman. That only has one volume because it sucked. This is the only one of those that I've read, and I didn't like it back then. I'm not going to like it now, but I will report back in several weeks with my findings on these terrible, probably terrible, allegedly terrible, don't know if terrible yet, comics. Yeah, but really I can only assume these concepts don't jive well together. <laughs> yeah. What's really cool about AVP Gold, which is my, fun, funnily enough, my introduction to all of this. Uh-huh. Because I didn't care for it much when I was younger. Okay. Even though, like, Alien is my mom's probably second favorite movie. Like, her entire life. Sure. Uh, But my older brother was playing AVP Gold when it came out. And then... I still have that, the copy of that very game. Okay. And, and he let me play it, and I absolutely loved it. And what's cool about it is you have three different campaigns in it. You have Alien Campaign, where you play as an alien. Uh-huh. Predator Campaign, where you play as a predator. Mm-hmm. And then a Marine Campaign, where you play as one, du- one dude in a squad of space marines. And each one, each story kind of intersects with each other. Where That's there's, cool. like, a part where, like, you're the Marine, and, like, you see the Predator that you would be in the other campaign, and then you have to, like, stave it off. Uh-huh. And then, like, this when part... When you're the Predator, you have to fight the Marines. Right. Cool. And it does shit like that, where it, like, intersects, and, like, kind of tells, like, a neat story where everybody's fucked. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a really it's a really fun game. It's probably archaic as so fuck So they did now. that again later down the line. But they made it, like, a multiplayer game. But it was bad? Right, but they, they made it, like, hard-focused a multiplayer game. Where there is multiplayer in AVP Gold, it's not the focus. Uh-huh. In AVP that came out on like 360, yeah, that's uh, that game is primarily multiplayer. The campaign is just kind of like an afterthought, and the multiplayer is actually fun, but the campaign sucked. We'll talk about like all the video games that we can think of uh, in that episode. Yeah, the 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 famous and infamous ones, you know, shit like Colonial Marines. Oh man, or Predator Concrete Jungle. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about the fucking game. It's not good. Oh, it's awful. Uh, or uh, that game when it first But also out. maybe positive ones too, like Alien Isolation, which I have and we could play. Uh, and I've wanted to anyway, because uh, that's probably the best anyone's nailed a game that's like the first Alien, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. Um, although it kind of has elements of horror games that I don't like, like that I was just talking about. But you can't fight the alien. It just it just doesn't it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work very well. Yeah, like in the movie. Exactly. So that's fine, I guess. Um, yeah, don't like fire, but like you know, very much like our last uh, Matrix episode, we'll kind of do a like let's just talk about all the crap, but we'll combine it with talking about the Predator. Can't wait for our reaction we'll to that movie. Else. Yeah, I can't wait for our reaction to that I, movie. I'm be curious because I have no idea if I'm going to like it or hate it. I don't think I'm going to like it, but I could be proven wrong. Shane Black, who is in Predator, he's the pussy guy, uh, is the director and writer of that movie, and he has made great things. Uh, the other guys, yeah, or, or is it called the other guys? Yeah, it's I get it mixed up with other titles. That's a great film. Iron Man 3, that's okay. 
And then he made this. And if you remember, there was a controversy when it came out. Because his buddy he cast was like uh, on a, you know, sexual predator registry. Yay! And Olivia Munn was like, I, I didn't know that when we filmed the movie. That sucks. Take that scene out. That made me uncomfortable. And they did. Yay! Thanks, Shane Black. <laughs> well, Ooh, speaking about... of uh, drama, oh, we got one last thing I want to bring up. So the director of Predator, okay, it's John McTiernan. Uh most famously, he made Predator and Die Hard. Yeah, so goat level and shit. And The Hunt for Red October. He also did Die Hard with a Vengeance. Not uh, goat level shit. I think that the third one? Yeah. Because the second one, Die Harder, right? Yes. What a dumb title. They're all dumb. <sighs> Die Hard with a Vengeance is also So his lowers. last completed feature film was called Basic, and that was in 2003. So where is he at? Because he's alive. He's 68. Why is he not making any movies? Well... He's in jail. Maybe. Oh. Let me uh. read that. <laughs> did you just guess that out of nowhere? Yeah, I did. Dope. All right. So uh, <laughs> let me read you what's on good old Wikipedia here. <laughs> oh, boy. He pleaded guilty to perjury and lying to an FBI investigator in regard to his hiring of the private investigator Anthony... Pelicano in late 2000 to illegally wiretap the phone calls of two people, one of whom was Charles Roven, a co-producer of his dystopian science fiction action film remake Rollerball in 2002. Oh God, Rollerball, Jesus Christ. He was incarcerated in federal prison from April 2013 to February 2014. During his imprisonment, he declared bankruptcy amidst foreclosure proceedings for his ranch residence. Uh... Yeah, that guy made Predator. <laughs> Fucking Jesus, why was he wiretapping people? I don't know. Let's see if we can uh, get a, get any more information down the line here. McTiernan had been in a disagreement with Rovin about what type of film Rollerball should be and had hired Pelicano to investigate Rovin's intentions and actions. He had asked Pelicano to try to find instances where Rovin made negative remarks about the studio executives or said things to others that were inconsistent with what he said to the studio. But that's illegal, buddy. Oops. What the fuck? Uh, Man, you so... made some good shit, buddy, but fuck you. <laughs> the judge... Uh, they, they sentenced him to four months in prison and $100,000 of fines. The judge characterized McTiernan as someone who thought he was, quote, above the law, end quote, had simply uh, shown no remorse and lived a privileged life and simply wants to continue that. That's all quotes from the judge. That's amazing. Yikes. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. So. So. Uh, close out. Like, like the Dark Knight says, you die, hero. Or live long enough to see yourself become the director of Rollerball. Yeah, that, that's that's sound. <laughs> I think that's very sound. So, real quick, before we close out here. Um, yeah. Next week, we will be doing Predator 2, of course. Uh, this is where, what do you this is where the, the faults begin to become 
evident. Now, I love this movie. I don't know if I do or not. It's yeah. been forever since yeah, I've so, seen it. Yeah, what do you remember about Predator 2? Drug Squad? Yeah. <laughs> Drug Squad! I guess we should explain that. God, I can't fucking the, wait. The Predator 2 video game on, I think, the Sega Genesis yes. is kind of like a clone of, I want to say, Narc. It is, yes. Which is weird, because it's a Predator game. But, yeah, no, you're just running around as Danny Glover busting people, shooting them in the head. Yeah. And then it just pops up, Drug Squad! Drug Squad! Uh, so that became, like, a meme when we saw that. It just personally to us. Uh, yeah, I remember Danny Glover, and he's trying to find a Predator. Or they're trying to find other shit, but then the Predator just show up. Right, as he do. Very much like Predator 1. It's kind of just a different kind of movie. That just the Predator just walks into and goes, I'm going to fuck up this movie <laughs> and turn <laughs> it into my movie instead. Uh, I remember that. I remember there was a little kid and the Predator copies what he says. And the Predator goes like, what's up, candy? And it's weird. Remember that vividly. Uh, I remember there was a sex scene. D- don't ask me why I know that. That's not a part I rewound to as a 13-year-old or anything. <laughs> don't question me on that one uh, uh, I remember the ending where spoilers Danny Glover kill Predator what and then Predator's ship come down and there's like three Predators one of them like an old ass Predator and they're like hey they don't say anything but they're like hey <laughs> congratulations you have completed a great game <laughs> <laughs> and then they hand him uh, like a gun from the old west or some shit like that or like a gun from the revolutionary war just old gun i forget the specifics of old gun but they hand him an old gun that suggests that the predators have been around for centuries and then they fuck off it just like they just give him a trophy basically and leave which is cool and that also has the first easter egg to set up potential the potential that these the alien and predator movies were in the same universe because there's a xenomorph skull in their spaceship however if you think about it that makes that makes no sense that makes no sense well that's because prometheus ruined it oh no but like how aliens exist in like i don't know 1992 when they exist in space way later than that. When's Alien happen? Well, that doesn't... Like 2100-something? That doesn't technically matter if aliens have been around forever. But, like, it's not like the Predator... Not, it's not like that. It really doesn't matter if you go the with the Alien versus Predator canon where they made them anyway. Right. Which I hate anyway because it kind of removes some of the mis- mystery and nah, that, uh, mystique that the aliens have. Right, that's dumb. Yeah, no, I hate you that You think shit. about it, like... Just they're they're a species. They they've been around forever. Whatever. Who cares? Okay, like, I mean, that's well, fine. Once I guess. again, Prometheus ruins that, but by establishing that they have to be created way in the future at a certain point in time. Right. That's stupid. Fuck what? that. Well, Ridley Scott fucked up canon since when? What? 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 Anyway, so like, yeah, duh. I like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> oh my god, iconic. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking meme human. So what I love about Predator 2, this is the last thing I'll say before we sign off. Uh-huh. What I love about Predator 2 is it's like it's like the uh it's like the not so bright stepchild of the first movie. Okay. And it's stupid <laughs> and it's hilarious 
but it's also got some really good action scenes in it. And so, I love it. All right. So are you so what are our rankings right now? Are we saying Predator number three? I think Predator number three. I would I would yeah, I would go Alien, Aliens, Predator. It's really close. Like I part of my heart wants me to say that Predator is better than Aliens, but I can't. I can't because that's stupid. <laughs> but like Ooh, that scene where he calls him an ugly motherfucker makes me want to do it. But no, Aliens is a better movie. Yeah, I think uh, Aliens is a better Alien movie. And Alien is just the goat. And that's probably going to remain that way. Because yeah, there's nothing so. that can unseat it. Now, we're past Predator. There's no good movies left. There's one good movie left. Yeah, but it's going to be number four, Jesby. And there's no fucking way that it's not going to be. Yeah, this list doesn't get interesting. Like like the other franchises we've watched. This list doesn't get interesting wow, until about halfway in. Wow, it's almost like movie series that go on for like ten movies. Eventually, just uh, after like, I don't know, three of them. Suck ass. Because they're out of ideas. Oops. Oops. Whoops, whoops. I... <laughs> oh, guys, look. This is a good idea I have. Oh, no. Oh, no, my God, I spilled it. Whoops. Whoops. Oh, no, uh, where'd it go? Oh, God, I made an alien resurrection in my pants. Oh, no.